Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Abundant Life Long Beach. We hope wherever you are listening that this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on how God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. All right, let's jump in. Mental health uh, series from a biblical perspective. Now, in part one of our, of our series, we said if we're going to have the mind of God, then we need to um, understand, well, let's say it this way, the best mental or the best state of mind is to have the mind of Christ. And so if I'm going to have the, 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 a healthy mind, the healthiest mind I could have was figuring out the mind that Jesus Christ had when he walked this earth. Because he was human like us, but then God at the same time. So we found out there were three keys that we should have that Christ had, which obviously he had uh, a mental health and he was obviously very mentally healthy because he's, he's the Christ, right? And so one thing we had it was we need to make sure that we are selfless. Number two we learned was we need humility and also we learned that we need to be obedient to the word of the Lord. Those were the attributes that Christ had. Part two is, last Sunday we talked about, I believe it was last Sunday, how God speaks. I mean, we're part of that. Amen? Amen. 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 How God speaks. He speaks through his word. We learned. He speaks through a still, small voice. We also learned that he speaks through dreams, visions. He speaks through peace because he is peace. Sometimes you might not hear him talking, but if you get peace about something, that's him talking because he is peace. Love that, right? He speaks through people, but he speaks through people that are in relationship with him. He doesn't just speak to your friends that don't have nothing to do with Christ. If you circle in that, if you're in that group, you're not necessarily getting anything mentally that's going to help you uh, uh, for the next stage of life that you have, or for or for the things that you're trying to accomplish. You need to be in good counsel, meaning people that have relationship with Christ. When they speak to you, God can speak through them. It's another way he speaks. Are you guys with me? He speaks through open and closed doors. When a door opens, you go in. Don't don't second guess the door. Pray and say, God, is this you? And if the door opens, go in the door. I gave you scripture last week about doors opening and doors. When doors closes, don't touch that knob. As much as you want to go in that door, don't go in that door. God speaks through open and closed doors, so we want to pay attention to that. Are you guys with me? Somebody say amen. Amen. All right. Today, we're going to look at, and I think this is so timely, how to find peace of mind. How to find peace of mind. How many want to have a, a, a peaceful mindset for the rest of the year? A peaceful mind. How, how, how to find, how to have some peace of mind. Can you hear your thoughts right now? Close your eyes. Follow the name of Jesus. I ask for the next few minutes that we can pause in life and be here and be here, here, in this moment, in this time. To receive your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Do you ever feel as though your mind is racing 100 miles an hour? Well, I know mine does. Scientists have determined the average person has 70,000 thoughts per day, 1.2 thought every second. Just thinking about that wears me out. 70,000 thoughts per day, 1.2 thought every second. So that means right now you're, you're hearing me, but you can, you're simultaneously thinking of something else. <laughs> Just thinking about that worries me out. The fact that, that there are a, a couple of, of, of uh, 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 there's a couple of t terms that we've coined over the last few years to define what I just explained, and it's called information overload. Information overload. And there is a statistic that shows a lot of really educated people are extremely stressed out because they over-informate, over too much information, because they don't know how to rest that the information that they have is good enough so that they bombard their minds with more information. Oh, that's how you cook? Some shrimp and grits? Maybe, I don't know why I pulled that out. Maybe I pulled that out. <laughs> Somebody say, praise you. That's praise the Lord, right? You know how to do the recipe, but you go get seven more opinions. Now, you are confused, right? And you, you have it. So that's called information overload. We live in a generation where computers and phones are able to process information faster than our minds can even possibly keep up. As a result, America's minds are stretched to the limit, and we are mentally fatigued. We're tired. It has. It has. We have. We have a hard. It's. A, we have a hard time concentrating. Someone you still. You're not even here. We have a hard. We have a hard. This is real statistics. We have a hard time concentrating. We have a hard time meditating. We have a hard time worshiping in service. This is real. And the scriptures we read today, Paul tells us how to find some peace of mind. Paul begins the passage by telling us uh, that he had no rest in his spirit. And I'm going to put that passage up. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 through 17. We're going to look at what Paul has to say. Now listen, in there, Paul is saying that he has no rest in his spirit. And he's trying to find peace of mind. Here's why. While Paul was preaching in the city of Torah, he experienced, he, he expected Titus to bring him a report about some trouble that the, that a church was having. So Paul wrote a letter, a stern letter, and he was waiting to get a report back about it. But he had no report. He didn't get anything back from his messenger. So he was very upset and he didn't have mental peace because he didn't know how that church was doing. In the verse we read, Paul reveals three keys to finding some peace of mind in our thoughts that are in our thoughts that are racing out of control. Paul gives us three things, and these are what I'm going to leave you with today. So again, Paul does not have peace of mind. He writes a letter, a stern letter to a church that was misbehaving. 
He was waiting to hear back from that church. He didn't hear anything back. And because he doesn't know what's going on, he doesn't have peace of mind. So we're going to look at this as an, an example. He gives us three things when our thoughts are racing and we, when we don't have peace of mind. Number one, you can write down, remember to be thankful for what you have. Number one, somebody say remember, remember. to be thankful, be thankful for what you have. Verse 14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph in Christ and through us defers the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. In verse number 12 and 13, Paul's uh, thoughts in his mind were focused on what he did not have because he did not have good news. But what I like is he switches his mind in verse 14, Paul quickly replaces those negative thoughts with positive thoughts of thanksgiving. He gets control of his mind. Because then the verse says, thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph. So first he was in a place of frustration. But then he got control of his mind. So the first thing you have to understand, when we talk about mental health, you have control of your mind. Are you with me? We think sometimes just things are popping in my head. Pastor Johnny, I don't know why I'm thinking of these things. Things are just racing in my head. Things just pop up in my head. Okay, I get that. Sometimes things will randomly pop in your head, but you can get control of them. 2 Corinthians 10, 7 says, We demolish arguments in every procession that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, taking captivity of every thought and making it obedient to God. So that means when I get a negative thought, I capture it and get control of it. I don't let it marinate and sink in and grab root into my mind. I quickly take control of it. Uh, you guys with me? And that's what he does. That's what Paul said. He went from saying, man, I don't know where this dude is. I'm frustrated. Uh, I haven't heard from him. I don't have peace. I wrote this church. I haven't heard back. Then he says, you know what? Thanks be to God who always leads me into triumph anyway. But like when you and I complain about what we don't have when we complain about what we don't have we complain about problems we increase our anxiety level you increase your own stress level when you do that here's another thing when you're in company with people that all they do is complain that increases your stress level uh, y'all don't want to go into 2019 the second half right you gotta know how to do an inventory of your team and say you know what this second part of the year I don't have time for negativity. Right. I don't have time for complaining. I don't have time to be to people to be wearing me down with, 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 with their frustrations. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to be a shoulder for you to cry on, right? And I'm going to pray for you. I get that. But every time we hang out, if you're just being negative and you're talking down, I don't have time for that. All right? right? Yeah. Check this out. Your circle of people, if they're always negative, saying negative things, that puts stress and anxiety on you. Because you can have peace of mind and then all of a sudden be in, a, in, in, in an environment of people that are negative and then it brings you down. Y'all have never experienced that. So I don't even want to do that. So listen, when you speak negativity, you're giving yourself, if you're complaining all the time, you're giving yourself, you're giving, 
but why am I so anxiety? Why am I stressed out? Because what you're saying out of your mouth is giving yourself that. Why do I have stress and anxiety? Because my circle of people talk with that type of language. But when you praise God and thank God for the goodness and the greatness that he's all that he's done for you, you have a peaceful mind. Come on, somebody. We have a peaceful mind. Most people are chronic complainers. It's sad. You know, we laugh, but literally, it's a sad thing. We complain all the time. Just negatively complaining. And we think it's hard with harmless because, you know what, I'm just expressing my feelings. I get it. We have disappointments and we have setbacks. But how long do you allow the, what you're experiencing, the negative things, to be recorded and playing in your mind? How long do you stay there with the challenge that you're going through? Do you understand what I'm saying? How long do you let that thing keep recording in your mind? What's happened in the past? A failure, a mishap, a mistake. You're recording, you're wrong. And some people even say this. Oh, I'm just thinking through this. You should not do that. You're thinking through something that is causing poison in your own mind. Because guess what happens? When you begin to allow yourself to meditate on what's negative, the problems in your life, what ends up happening is you begin to start speaking what started off in your mind out of your mouth. Now you're in an even dangerous place. Because first off, your mind was being polluted by negativity, negative thoughts. And then the negative thoughts played out of your mind so consistently that you begin to start saying the negative thoughts that you heard playing in your mind. And the problem with that is, is when you start speaking out negativity, you hear your own voice talking down about a situation which amplifies the recording in your mind, which now you begin to believe. Oh, y'all didn't have coffee this morning. This is mental. Now you are believing because you really believe something when you say it. You can tell me that the food is good, but I got to taste it myself. And when I say it's good, it's good. So when we allow these things to play out in our mind, the dangerous thing is when it comes out of your mind, now you're saying it and it grabs root into your heart. Amen. And that's why the Bible says that the power of life and death is in your mouth. So let's do a little bit of inventory. If I did an inventory of the percentage of what came out of your mouth in the beginning of 2019 up until now, what percentage of stuff came out of your mouth gave life and what percentage of the stuff that came out of your mouth gave death? What percentage of your mouth did you spend complaining about your situation? Or what uh, percentage of the time of 2019 did you spend thanking God for what he's done in your life? Uh, a lot of people are at the halfway part of 2019 and they're frustrated and they're dealing with a lot of issues. And it's not necessarily because of the life situation. It's because that they are proclaiming and saying negativity about their own self. We're talking about mental health. And see, they're complaining about that. And, 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 and see, it's much more than just complaining. It's much more than just, I, I have these feelings, Pastor Nani, and I'm just going to say what I feel. Okay, well, let's check this out. It, what you're doing is you're actually committing sin against God. Prove it to me in Scripture. Uh, in, in, in Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, you don't have to go there. Now the people complained about their hardship in their uh, and the Lord heard them, and when He heard them, His anger was aroused. 
And so why would his anger be aroused when they were dealing with a hardship is the question. Well, God, I'm dealing with a hardship and you're upset because they were complaining about a real situation. Well, because God works in the present situation and he's working out whatever you're dealing with now. He just doesn't understand how we get amnesia and forget about the things that he brought us out of. We quickly forget all of the, you can't even remember this hour of this time, what you were going through two years ago. Why? Because God is so good that he not only brings it out, but it's hard for you to remember what you were going through this time, two, two years ago, on a Sunday morning. Oh my goodness, but you know what? We've got to learn how to get our mind out of that. Okay, let's prove it more. Well, you know, the children of Israel is what we're reading on in Numbers chapter 11. That's the children of Israel. The children of Israel were delivered from a place of bondage, slavery, and promised to go to a land flowing with milk and honey. They were promised more. Somebody say more. They were promised greatness and opportunity and business, a new government, a new walk in life, a new everything, right? And because they had to go through a desert, because they had to go through some shifting and changing, because they had to be molded and made and changed, three days into the journey, they begin to complain. Somebody say three days. So how many have had a challenging situation? Raise your hand. How many have gone through a tough situation? Raise your hand. I said, how many have gone through a tough situation in life? Raise your hand. And what happens is God brings you out of the situation. But my thing is I'm concerned about is how quickly do we go back and start complaining about another situation? I'm talking these children, these people were in bondage for years. God frees them, brings them out with opportunity, with everything in front of them. Yes, it was uncomfortable. Yes, it was different. But they began to complain three days after God brought them out. I love this because Paul compares the Christian life to the the Roman triumph. And And I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me say this. Let me give you number two real quick because that's a good point. Let me give you number two. Number two is remember to treasure who you are. That's a good point. Remember to treasure, number two is remember to treasure who you are. Again, we don't want to be like the children of Israel when God brings us out of something and then turn around and start complaining about the next thing. That's so bad. And you know what's crazy? The time we spend asking God to fix something is so long. Right? But do we spend that much time giving him thanks when he brings us out? Or do we quickly go to the next thing? That was the children of Israel. Right now, number two, remember to treasure who you are. Verse 15 says, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Somebody say the fragrance of God. So I said, you got to, how do I have peace of mind? Number one is I have to thank God more and stop complaining. I'm going to watch the words that are coming out of my mouth because I'm either speaking life or death over my own self. And I'm believing what I'm thinking. Number two is remember to treasure who you are. And who you are is the fragrance of Christ. I love how Paul, uh, he, he, he breaks this thing down because what he's saying is he, he's comparing 
this to the Christian life of a Roman triumph, the victory over, uh, over conquering the enemy. So, so here's the thing. One of the reasons why many of us struggle to find peace of mind is because we forget who we are in Christ. We, we forget very quickly that we have a bigger daddy than your biological father. And so I'm a child of the king, and, and, and I get lost in this world. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And now the renewing piece means remember who you came from. Remember who you, you remember with your family, your kids, you go out. My daughter went out last night. I said, and you know who you are. Right? So what, what does that mean? When she's out, I want her to remember where she came from. Do you understand what I'm saying? So she gets caught up in some drama or some mess happens. She remembers where she came from. The challenge that we have is we come, we, a lot of times, Christians forget who we came from. We have a spiritual father. And we forget who we, who we, who we came from. Are you with me, church? And so here's the thing. A lot of people are walking around miserable and frustrated. They feel defeated. They feel like they're losing because they don't know who they, or they forget where they came from. And they say, well, I grew up with negativity. I grew up hearing negative thoughts. And I grew up this way. I grew up hardwired this way. And I just feel like I'm, it's me against the world. I feel like I got to prove and I got to make it and I got to be somebody. I got I to show because that's how I grew up. My parents are that way. My grandparents are that way. It's in my DNA. Well, no, 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 no. You have a father that loves you and he's not far from you. He is with you. And you are a child of the king. And he says you are the fragrance of Christ. I came to say, wake up and look at who you are. Paul says, for we are the fragrance of Christ. And so I said earlier, when they, these guys were going to war, what happens is they would burn incense. So these guys, they would burn incense when they had war, war time back then. And, and they were the path to the fight. So to say this was the path, they would go and they would set up incense to put fragrance out. The fragrance that they would put out would be a fragrance of victory. The fragrance of victory is to let the person on the other side know that we're getting ready to win. And also they lit up the fragrance at the end of the battle to remind them of their defeat. Jesus Christ has called us the fragrance of Christ. Paul uses this analogy to help us to understand that we are the fragrance of victory. Y'all don't like that. So let me say it this way. You've got to understand that we are the fragrance of of, of, of Jesus Christ. That means we smell like victory. The devil and Satan uh, is trying to destroy you and he's trying to do the best he can to knock you off your game. But what you don't know is that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So it does not matter the weapons and the wars and the fight because you've already won because God calls us the fragrance of Christ. If I'm called the fragrance of Christ, smell, then that means we're talking about the smell, the fragrance of Christ. We are all Christ. The Holy Spirit in us is power. You shall receive power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the fragrance of uh, Christ is defined as 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 um as as, as a white maker. He's pro, uh, 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 he, he, he's a, he's a provider. He, he he's named all these different things, right? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's he's named all this stuff. He's a will in the middle of will. He's a, a, a closer to a brother. He's all this stuff, right? But right now in this scripture, he's defining himself as fragrance. Fragrance again is tied to the smell of victory. Somebody say victory. victory. So it's tied to the smell of victory. And sometimes we've got to know that we already have the victory. Yeah. Yeah. 
nervous because he can smell you coming. Do you understand what I'm saying? He can smell the fact that victory is coming. We've got to understand that the same Jesus Christ that was raised from the dead is the same Christ that lives inside of us. And so I have no idea why we don't walk around like we are conquerors. We are not just conquerors, but we are more than a conqueror. So we should walk around realizing that when I'm getting ready to go into this situation, the fragrance of Christ has already gone before me. And when I leave the situation, I leave the scent of fragrance. Have you ever been to uh, uh, Nordstrom's or somewhere and you walk by the counter and you can smell the fragrance from the fragrance section? Somebody. And so when you walk out of there, you walk past, it's always by the shoe section. I think they set us up, brothers. And so you walk by the fragrance, and then when you walk past it, you can still smell the fragrance, and you're in a whole nother department. And, and that, that's your fragrance just leaves, lingers in your nose. I just came to encourage somebody, because sometimes mentally we don't know who we are, and mentally we get confused at who we are. I just stopped by to remind you that you have the fragrance of Christ. And not only when you win battles, but you leave a to remind the devil, don't you ever try that again. Don't you ever come against my family again. Don't you ever mess with my children again. That fragrance is a reminder that I've got the victory. The fragrance is a reminder that I have the victory. And why does the enemy remember a fragrance? How many can, can remember someone's fragrance, right? He's like, oh, my cousin has that fragrance. Oh, my best friend wears that perfume. Or my cousin Where's that perfume? Watch this, you guys. Watch this. Why does the enemy recognize the smell that you carry? Here's why. Because Jesus Christ got on a cross one day. He was he saved us, he delivered us, and he rose from the dead. He says, it's better I go so that you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, we receive the fragrance. Now, between the death and the burial, Jesus made a pit stop before he rose. I feel like Easter right now. He went down into hell and grabbed the keys from the enemy. At that point, he got the victory. Watch this. That was the first time that he got the victory. Watch this. So then he went back to sit on the right hand of the Father to make intercessions for us. He says, so the victory that I conquered on the earth, I give you my spirit, which is a spirit of victory. Well, Pastor Daddy, how does the enemy recognize Demons begin to tremble in July and in August. They get nervous in September. 
The scent of victory. Number one, remember to be thankful. Number two, to treasure who we are. And, and then have a peaceful mind. You have to spend time in prayer and devotion. Wars are won behind closed doors. A lot of times people don't have peace of mind because they don't have a strong prayer and devotion life and they step out in battle and they're not prepared. You're prepared when you spend time in prayer and in devotion, reading your word and in prayer. So when you step out into the world, you have a peace of mind because I'm prepared. Right? Hard work makes easy work. You boys that play football and sports and stuff like that, if you work hard, when you get on the field, that's just a victory day. We wonder why we get nervous about devils and, oh, I can't make it and be friends from, I can't figure it out and I don't know what's happening in my life. I'm just coming up the rough side of the mountain. I don't know what's happening in my life. Just keep on digging. I don't know. I'm dealing with the same old issues. You have the language of defeat. And here's the language of victory because when you're in time of prayer and devotion, when you're around people, you say, I've been with God. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? And if you don't uphold this person, then you mentally feel bad. 
Now you're serving a person that's not even real, and you're mentally confused because you're not being who you really are and not being authentic. So we might, we must live a life of sincerity. We must be honest about who we are and to be honest about ourselves. And I'm closing. You can fool people. Now, I don't need amens to hear. You can fool people, but you can't fool yourself. I mean, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't fool yourself and you can't fool God. Are you with me? Some people are living a lie in front of family, in front of the closest ones they love. Because they're afraid to let their authentic self and who they really are show forth. So mentally, you get, you get poisoned. Because you're afraid to allow who you are to come forth. In the times that we live in, including those who profess to be Jews, to profess to be Christians, believe it's okay to twist the truth, or lie, or to be dishonest, just to serve or to survive in this world. Many have thrown honesty and integrity out of the window. We used to live in a country where your, your word was your word. You shake someone in the hand, you look them in the eye. Now you can't trust anybody. You can't trust anybody in this world because everyone mentally is confused about who they are. And I feel bad because God sits up high as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the heavens and the earth that breathe life, in, let, breathe life into your body. And we walk around here confused. Our minds are running. We don't know if we're coming, if we're going. Social media, the world, news, who we are, our families, and we're racking ourselves, trying to find out who we are, where we belong, and what should we do, and where should we go. Are you with me, church? To find true peace, we must be honest and transparent about who you really are. I said, who you really are. And you don't need to conform to people and friends. You need to be who you really are, and trust that God will mold you and make you in the image that he wants you to be. See, I might not be able to be transparent and honest around you, but I've got to be honest and transparent to, who, to God. Because he can take all of my brokenness and he can create and mold me to be who he wants me to be. Are you with me, church? You will find peace when you live truthfully and honestly and say, God, here I am. And that's where it starts. Some people are so mentally sick that they get in times of prayer and are not honest about who they are in prayer. I'm going to get on my knees and talk to God like I don't have all this brokenness. Wait a minute. That's why it's to be transformed by the renewing of your mind because this world makes people think that way. So where we can Get on our knees and be real and authentic. We should be able to get on our knees.
You walk by faith and not by sight. Does not matter what it looks like. It matters that he's gone before. You're at the Father's house. How many know you're I'm in communion with the Father? Woo! Oh, hold on. When it comes in your mind, take captivity. Negative thought, take it. I come against that in the name of Jesus. That is not the thought of Christ. God, give me a king, king's mentality. Help me think better, even right now. Take captivity. This second, second part of this year, take captivity. Know who you are. Be transparent and honest with Christ about where you are in life. And you'll have peace. How many are blessings for you? We want to thank you for tuning in today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit AbundantLifeLB.com 